Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Episode 43 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast. This is your host, Dan Gingas, and I'm very excited today to have Mark Obi with me. Mark is the Group Manager of Social and Community Care for Intuit on the QuickBooks brand. Mark, how are you doing today? Doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. And as we were talking before we started recording, we've been trying to uh, connect for a little while after we saw each other at a customer service conference many months ago. So very happy to make it work and, and to hear what you guys are, are up to at Intuit. Why don't we start? I'm pretty sure that most people listening um, know who Intuit is, but if you could give us a quick overview and then specifically the area that you're in. Great. So Intuit as a whole is an end solution for small business accounting software on the QuickBooks side of the house, as well as we have a very famous brand, uh, the TurboTax on the other side of the house for consumer. And we also have a couple other areas where we lean in with um, the ProTax experience, as well as um, some of our QuickBooks uh, uh, self-employed and Mint uh, products as well. For us, I fit into the QuickBooks uh, small business accounting software side of the house. So uh, QuickBooks has uh, been a long brand for championing the small business accounting software space. I get to lead the the team out of Mountain View, California, driving uh, some of those solutions uh, from the end-to-end perspective. Cool. Well, I am a longtime TurboTax user and I love Mint. So does my wife. So we're definitely into it fans. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you ended up. You have a pretty interesting background that seems to have been dedicated to service roles for quite a bit. Yeah. So for me, it's one of those areas where, you know, social came as a natural progression for me. I've done quite a bit of service oriented type of roles in the past through working as a a broker and learning a little bit more how to connect with customers and build out their experiences to the role that I had held previously, which was at Alienware, which is one of division of Dell, which is their gaming computer brand. And so I had the privilege of being able to start up their social care program. So from the ground up and and that was a, a really great experience. And Dell's been one of those great brands that has, you know, really pioneered that social care space and really kind of driven that. So it was great to to have that support and that those learnings. Coming up on about two years now at Intuit. And so I've uh, been able to take what I've learned and then kind of expand and, and drive that in the accounting space has been um, a really unique experience for me. So yeah, I'm interested in this space. Uh, First of all, it's B2B, but also you have a focus on small business, which we haven't really talked about much on this podcast. So what kinds of things are you working on right now that you're jazzed about? That's great. So, you know, a big part of our business is accountants. And so one of the the key initiatives that we're working on right now that I'm really happy to be focusing on is a program we called Social Evangelism Program. And one of the things that we learned through social listening and then through engaging in our own private networks was there was a lot of conversation that was happening on non-owned channels. So we consider, you know, Facebook private groups or LinkedIn private groups. And the accountants were out there having those conversations 
without us. So one of the key initiatives we did last year was run a pilot to see how can we engage them on that level, but not as a brand advocate, but more on the level of how do we participate in those conversations to drive you know, better outcomes. So we use that to be able to connect with individuals, to learn from them and say, what are those traits that we can actually do on our own channels to help them you know, migrate or, or, or just to learn from those experiences and take that back to our product teams or take those experiences back to our customer service teams as well to learn from those experiences that we see in those private groups. But the idea wasn't really to have that overwhelming brand voice, but just to listen, to engage, answer questions. And then ultimately, we found it was a really unique experience where they became a source of truth in those groups. So they were pinging them, asking them you know, for what their opinions, jumping into the conversation or tagging them. So we learned that by coming in as a, as a participant versus an advocate, we were able to actually gain the trust of the groups and, and, and spend a lot of time. But, you know, one of the key things for me that was so exciting was we hold a conference every year called QuickBooks Connect, which is coming up in a couple of weeks in case you haven't already gotten tickets. Um, but it's a really great event that we we really enjoy. And, and last year was awesome. I brought the social evangelist pilot team there with me and seeing some of these accountants come up to them and knowing their face and knowing them and that excitement that they felt really was a good sign for me to move ahead with that program. So that's really interesting. I want to delve into this a little bit more because it's a little bit different than some of the things we tend to cover. And, and don't worry, we will get to a traditional social media in a bit. But you, so you find these private groups that are out there. How do they feel when you approach them and, and you're a brand? And so my assumption is, is that their first instinct is we don't need somebody in here marketing to us. So you've got to go in and say, no, 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 that's not what we want to do. We want to listen, et cetera. How do you create that relationship with them and I would say trust that you probably need to make that work. That's a great question. I think the big key thing there is that honesty and transparency and say, look, this is what we would like to do is we'd like to help out. We understand there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of experience out there. And, and a lot of the things that we're finding were opportunities for customer experience. So we could actually say, hey, this person's having some struggle with the product. How can we get them the help that they need? Right. So instead of coming in on that brand level, we say, look, we'd like to participate in the conversation. If it's appropriate, jump in. But we're not trying to market you. We're not trying to have that conversation conversation. This is what it is and this is what it isn't. And then being firm with our team as well to make sure that they're not overstepping those bounds and that we're, you know, setting those standards. And we ask, we don't demand. We say, hey, look, this is what we'd like to do. How, how do you feel about that? And, you know, we've had some really good reception to that from the different owners of those groups. And then who on your team is is or are the the people that are representing into it? Is it your social care team? Is it a is it a customer service team? Is it a product development team? Or who is there? The team that's actually responding to that is part of my social care team engaged in that experience. So when we were hiring for this role, we found from the pilot, it was a really great experience. And we had you know some of our senior folks engaging in that. But what we found was we really needed more of that conversational tone and, and being able to kind of continue and maintain that experience. So it was it's all about relationship building. So we hired specifically for that experience and we started driving those individuals in there. So right now we have one engaging in that and we're looking to, to expand that out as, as there's quite a bit of groups out there that we've yet to, to engage with. So I think this is a really interesting idea and it makes sense to me because when I think of Intuit, 
And I think of customer service, I immediately go to your community structure. And I know, you know, for years, TurboTax has had a, a gigantic community with user generated content and answers. I've referenced into it before as sort of being a, a leader in that space and, and somebody who kind of figured that out early. Is this an extension of that in the sense that that people are already talking and so you're enabling the conversation while also sort of monitoring to make sure that, you know, the correct facts are shared and the correct answers are shared. But is there something about the culture there that would have led you to be doing this? Because again, it, it seems pretty unique. So one of the things we found was, you know, it is an extension. So answering that the first part, we definitely have a robust community experience, both on the TurboTax side, as well as on the QuickBooks side of the house as well. So very robust type of experiences, you know, built into our products, so you can actually engage with those very easily. And, and that's been a really great experience for us. But when doing social listening, a lot of times those are very open. And so it's more of a hypothesis from the beginning was, you know, how do accountants want to engage with that and, and where are they engaging? And and so some of those those experiences led to very much a Q&A type of basis, right? So they're asking a question, answers being met, which has been a really great solution for us. But one of the things we found was, you know, they're also in these groups actually talking about other experiences. So not just questions, it's not just a question and answer. It's talking about what are they doing with their practices? What are they doing? What are some apps to connect with that are helping drive their business forward? And so th that was one of the great learnings for us that not engaging in that was a miss for us. So we found that the learnings that we're getting in there are helping shape our other experiences. So we're taking that back to our community teams. We're taking that back to our product teams and saying, this is what, what is being discussed. And these are the things that we can actually improve those experiences. Leveraging what's existing, being participants, and, and, and actually helping out solve for those customers in a way that they want to. I guess the, the underlying thing, Dan, is really meet them where they want to have those conversations. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're always going to come to their own channels. So if they want to have those conversations in a unique place where they're already happening, we need to be able to meet them and, and share in that experience with, with them. So how do you guys staff for that? So you have a team that manages social care. An argument could be made that these communities, one of their benefits is that they reduce the need for staffing at the corporate level because people are answering each other's questions. How do you guys balance that? The big challenge for us is really engaging in, in opportunities where we can build stronger communities. So a good solution for us has been really driving our all-stars and our community base. So the all-stars are this really great user-engaged base that, that actually answer a lot of the questions in the community. When you see in our in-product community for QuickBooks, an interesting fact is during, you know, during our peak seasons, these folks are answering a really great, tremendous amount of questions in there, upwards to, to 40 to 50%. And they're non-paid. They're just volunteer engaged users in that space. And the interesting fact is some of these are the, also the other ones who are having these conversations on the sidelines as well. Some of them are the actual ones hosting that. So a lot of it was for us was, you know, the, the tie-offs were, it wasn't competing. It was more complementary and it's kind of looking, helping us understand what is that future state and what are the type of conversations that we want to evolve our community into driving. So for us, it's kind of leveraging what's existing and taking a look at future states. Should we have these type of features in our community? Should we be leveraging that to, to drive the conversation forward as well? So let's talk about the complementary nature of it. So you've got 
communities that you guys sponsor on your own website. You've got these private groups that you guys are engaged with. And then you have traditional social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, where people are engaging with you as well. Talk about how those all interact or if they're related at all. And also, I'm kind of interested to know whether you see different types of questions or different types of people across those three platforms. Great. So the first part I think will help kind of start it off was the engagement, how they interact together. So one of the challenges we found was in social, a lot of the same questions were being repetitive and kind of going over and over and in some of that space, which tends to happen in that social care type of channel as well, where you're getting some of the same kind of conversations. And so one of the challenges we found was instead of just answering that individual question, we shifted to more of a one-to-many type of approach where we were actually leveraging the community content, our help videos, as well as some of those tutorial type of experiences to be able to say, hey, this is a really great question and leveraging, here's your answer because you asked, but also there's some follow-up conversation can introduce them to the community. So one of the things that we really focused on was a lot of people are shifting away from community, but we've found that for our particular vertical, it's been a real win for us. We've had a lot of increased engagement over the last uh, two years. And one of the things we've noticed is by highlighting it and by leveraging it in social, we started to see the numbers increase in the community. We started to see more traction, more engagement within the community. And we're starting to to promote and, and engage with more all-stars that we mentioned a little bit earlier for our user base. Social has been one of those keys for, for us as well with the other type of work that we're doing by engaging in, in some of those experiences. So for us, we have a pretty amazing world-class team that, that answers the social care type of questions on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, and some of our review sites. And you know, one of the, the key areas that we found was, was response time played a big part of that. So we've shifted and driven some of those experiences down so that with the huge enterprise volume that we have coming through there, we're able to actually manage that experience with sub 10 minute response times. I think this last week we're down to six and a half minutes for response time on Facebook and Twitter combined. Wow. That's not just best in class. That's crazy good. Uh, So congrats on that. That's amazing. Thanks. You know, the thing that we found was, you know, really trying to put our team, I think one of the things we leveraged was how do we become more effective on this? And we're not scaling and, and adding a tremendous amount of heads. We have 10 people responding to all of those inquiries across the space. Leveraged was the fact that helping them understand who our customers are. So really putting them in the in the shoes of our customer. These are small businesses. These are folks who are, you know, running the corner store, your local pub, florists, you know, folks like that who are using the product and really helping them understand who they are and, and what their needs are. So being able to kind of leverage that and really give them the right tools, the right resources to be able to move faster versus trying to respond quicker. And so naturally, we focused on the experience versus the response time. We tried to help enable them with every possible you know, functionality we could to get them to that speed. But one of the things that was challenging, I think the, the biggest payoff for us was like what's in it for the customer really is a big part of the Intuit way and and making sure that we put the customer benefit above everything else. And and that's what's really paid off there. I love that. If you're focusing on the customer, you're generally going to end up in the right place. We're talking with Mark Obi, who is the group manager of social and community care at Intuit. He works on the QuickBooks brand, which focuses on small businesses, particularly accountants. And I wanted to follow up on something that you said before, because you know, we always like to say that 
the reason that we do this podcast is to learn from other brands. And I'll tell you, uh, we're at episode 43 and I'm still learning something in every episode. And one of the things I wanted to call out that you said to our audience is, as a best practice is reusing and leveraging content that you have elsewhere. And that could be a help article. It could be a video that you have somewhere. It could be a, a question that's been answered, asked and answered in one of your community forums. And by pointing people to that, you're not only answering a question, which is a repetitive question, and not having to answer with the same answer every time, but you're teaching them that you have other great content. And so you send somebody to a video library and and link them to a, a specific help video, and they now know that you have a lot of help videos available, and that might be a place that they look to next time, or they join your community. So I think that's a really, really good use, provided that you have this existing content. It's a really great use of content that sometimes customer service people don't think about because oftentimes the content is created by marketing people or by somebody else in the organization. So know your website, know your communities and forums and and what kind of content is out there. And I think pointing people is is a great way to handle it. Mark, I wanted to pivot just a little bit and ask you, a lot has been made recently about the emergence of uh, direct message channels, um, Facebook Messenger, DM and Twitter, really both pushing on new functionality to get the customer service conversation really out of the public and more into a private space. It sounds like that's a little bit swimming upstream from what you guys are doing because much of your discussion, most of your discussion is in the public space and that's part of what makes it valuable. So how is DM and and Messenger and that sort of thing playing into your current strategy? I think the thing for me is, you know, when you have a really awesome team in place who's who's getting sub 10 minute response times across the board, it's really tough to be putting in a solution that's really going to cut the time. So it's hard for me to really say that that's one of those areas. So again, we go back to what is the best customer benefit, right? And one of the things we found, as you mentioned, our strategy is really being open and transparent and, and laying it out there because what we found is there's really that one to many element that that goes not just in our community, but we also see that on social where, you know, people are engaging with the different types of content. It's been really good success measure for us. But I think as we expand out those experiences, one of the things that I'm always interested in solving for is, you know, it's difficult to staff 24 seven, you know, all the way along the line. And so when you look at some of these technologies, specifically on chatbots and other things like that going forward, I think augmenting the existing experience you have to be able to to reach some of the the folks where you you know you're not able to do 24 hours or you're not able to do weekends and things like that it really gives them a benefit of of reaching those customers during those times that you you just can't be there and i think that's where i see you know the future state for that experience but i think also you know what's the best experience you can deliver and i think scalability is one of those key factors that a lot of brands are looking at you know but I always look at what is the best customer benefit. And I think that's kind of how we've been tackling that. We found quite a bit of folks have been DMing us and PMing us on Messenger and Twitter. And it's been a really great experience. And I think our partners at Facebook and Twitter have really helped us, you know, understand what's you know coming down the pipeline and what's possible. So I'm really excited about the technology that's happening. I think the big way is just, you know, we're trying to figure out what is the best customer benefit we can deliver. And I think that's kind of where I'm still noodling on right now. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. For some people, the best customer benefit is going to be a more in-depth 
private message because it's more comfortable for them or maybe their issue is more complex. And obviously we all know for some people, you know, they want it to be out in the public and, you know, sometimes even without an expectation of response. And then here you come in and, and you're really trying to brighten up the experience and uh, improve the customer situation, which I think is a great, unfortunately, it's still a surprise and delight in some cases because so many brands haven't figured it out yet. But it sounds like you guys are doing really good work there. I just wanted to head to our last two questions that we always like to ask people. The first one is we always like to find out about a memorable interaction that you've had with a particular customer. It might be the one that you put on the bulletin board or the one that you share with the CEO to uh, see this is why we need more money and resources on social care. But which ones for you stand out in your mind as just particularly memorable ones? Well, I think the most memorable for me was a really great experience. So when I moved to Mountain View, we've said hello to my neighbors across the street. You know, you wave and you you just say hello. But, you know, it was kind of funny. I came home one day and it wasn't even a social interaction. It was just a, a really great experience where I was wearing a QuickBooks shirt one day and, and my neighbor comes like beeline straight over to me. She's like, you work for QuickBooks? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And I got a little nervous, you know, that, that, that inclination. She's like, I've been tweeting you all day and let me tell you what's wrong with your product. <laughs> and it was kind of a really great experience. And, and most people wouldn't feel like that would be a great experience. But, you know, we love hearing from our customers and and getting that feedback. And so it was really great. She was having some you know transition from a new product she was going through. And I was able to actually get her to the right people to be able to kind of solve for that experience. And then we were able to take that experience and, you know, turn that customer around. And and for me, it was, it was really great, you know, because not only did we, you know, fix that relationship with her, but also I have a better neighbor out of that going forward as well. So. I can wear branded shirts uh, home and, and without fear. So that's always a plus as well. That's awesome. I talk a lot about the intersection of offline and online, and it fascinates me. And I hadn't heard that one before, but it's a great example. When I worked at my last job at Discover, I got lots of people who would you know, comment to me that they had the card or that they wanted the card or whatever it is. And it is really nice when you meet an actual customer live in person. And, and they uh, they seem more excited than they should be to, to meet somebody from the company. So that's awesome that you took care of her. The other thing is that we always like to end by asking, what is something that you have learned during your time heading up social care that you wish you would have known when you started? Or if you want to flip it on its side, you can say if you were educating somebody who's just starting out in social care right now, one of the one or two of the key things that you think are the most important learnings. My journey's been pretty far in social care, and I think one of the things that I've taken from Dell as well as um, here at Intuit is really that understanding of what is your customer benefits. And I think that that's one of those areas that I keep bringing up, but it's the, probably the most important thing for delivering a great experience. What are you trying to solve for with your customers? And then finally, what are the things that you should be delivering? It's not chasing down the new technology. It's not chasing down you know whatever experience. It's basically what should you be delivering? for them to have a great experience and what are you going to do to get there and I think a lot of that goes down to simplifying that by asking them 
what do you want and what do you need? And one of the things that we've been focusing on this last year is our contributor growth and really kind of driving those experiences. And, and when we asked our you know, contributors, why are you engaging here? I mean, you're not paid. It's, it's an experience, but, and we're grateful for this, but what really motivates you? And, you know, our hypothesis was that they like to get their name out and driving different experiences. But one of the things that really surprised me was the fact that I learned from this community as well. And, and I think that that was one of those awesome learnings for me was, you know, ask the right questions and then, and then focus on those customer benefits. And, and we were able to find that there, you know, it's a learning opportunity for them to drive those experiences as well within social and community. And so that was, um, probably the, one of the big takeaways for us is, um, you know, continuing to focus on what you can deliver and don't chase the fun things, chase the things that matter, which is the customer benefit. I love that. That is a fantastic learning. Again, we're talking with Mark Obi, Group Manager of Social and Community Care at Intuit. You can find him on Twitter at Obi Social. That's O-B-E-E Social. Intuit and QuickBooks as well as uh, TurboTax and Mint are on Twitter at their respective handles as well. And Mark, I'm very happy to see that uh, both you and I will be at the Customer Service Summit in Brooklyn. Uh, it'll be a week after this episode airs and we'll both be speaking there. So I'll look forward to seeing you in person again. But in the meantime, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, I'm very happy that I once again learned something and, uh, and hope that our listeners did as well. Thank you so much, Dan. And thank you for putting these on. These are really great learnings for us as well as, as uh, you know, social care thought leaders. It helps us to understand what are other individuals doing in the space. So thank you for putting these on. My pleasure. It's a ton of fun for me. Thank you to all of our listeners, including Mark. Thank you, Mark, for being a guest on episode 43. And we'll see you next time on the Focus on Customer Service podcast. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingas and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.